0: Let's move into uh, the type threes. Now, type threes, again, you guys are in the heart center, and you're probably thinking, really? <laughs> because, and it's not because... It's so
1: <laughs> Threes don't have a heart, but... yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> they do have oh, a heart, but they do. They do. what's so fascinating about the threes is their ability through kind of ways of survival when they were younger is they felt that they had to be the most admired, successful, accomplished uh, person, whether in their family, their school, their sports, their you know musical instruments, whatever they were doing, they really felt this need to appear successful and then be admired and, and told how great they were doing because that's how they would feel loved. But the problem is that shifts with every group you're with, Right. So your family is going to think this is amazing, but then maybe your coach over here thinks something different is amazing, your youth group and so on and so forth. So the threes are constantly assessing situations of what does this group, person, um, environment think is the most uh, awesome, uh, uh, the most admired, high status, great image for that particular situation, and then they learn to shapeshift or um, become more like that in order to gain the affirmation. So, in order to do that, though, they are they've taught themselves um, to naturally put their feelings um, aside and their their authentic identity to become whatever it would be to be admired in that group setting, and that it just naturally happens but that's hard because then they have a harder time than bringing up and accessing what are their true feelings? What are their true emotions? What's their um, true identity, their authentic self. Um, and so that's a hard process. And what I've heard from threes is when they do try to go there, it feels so a lot of people like, Oh, they're just, you know, surface level people, um, because they're just shape shifting a lot and they're not being authentic. They're not being honest. Um, But what we want to understand about a three is to get to those authentic emotions and their authentic um, identity from a genuine place. It feels, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can kind of see my hands. It feels like they're coming from where they're at and they're having to free fall as if like they're falling into a well and they have no idea where that well will end. And they're just free falling into this blackness. And it is very scary because they don't know what this is going to mean for them. They don't know where they're going. What do other people think? This has been their whole world. And they would rather not have that experience. And so they typically move back up to the surface of where they can shape shift and just put on an image because they know it works. They know they're going to get kind of like, quote unquote, a hit of mm-hmm. love through achieving Um Versus taking the time to allow themselves to rest in the, the gospel, rest in the love and the admiration that God has for them because of how he created them and what he has done through them, which is that free fall. And then they land into the knowing, the full knowing of, oh, my gosh, I am love for simply being me. I don't have to do all this stuff like he sees me fully and accepts me like and that fall is so hard for them because it's just too scary. But when they get there, that genuine self emerges. So Mike, does this sound remotely true for you? And if so, what what comes (laughs) to mind?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I can think of so many times where it's so funny, the way even you describe the struggles of a three, but also part of me, actually really enjoys the thought of achieving even as you're right. talking um
0: which is i mean i it's, think it's so. it's a both right like it's right it's two sides of one coin like we want you guys to achieve you guys are so phenomenal at motivating achieving encouraging um making things better like we want that and at the same time it can also be a detriment to you just like we were talking with megan with taking on people's feelings um so sorry go ahead
2: no, you're right. And even as we were, uh, as Megan was talking about shame, I was just thinking about even my own, you know, story and thinking about the wounded child and just kind of my uh, why. I'm so, or at least as I've been walking through life, the proclivities I have towards why I value certain things. So, for example, you know, I was an athlete, but it was never enough for me just to be a good athlete. I always was comparing am I the best athlete, mm-hmm. and if I wasn't then I had to double down and work super hard mm-hmm. at, and that was my gauge
0: because of what, like, yeah, so, what was uh, like, maybe as a kid, what was your thought? Like, well, if I'm not the best and I have to work harder because.
2: Yeah. So some of that is my own growing up. So I was born with a cleft lip and palate and just, you know, the, you can imagine for a three as a young kid, all the mm-hmm. kids kind of pointing out a, uh birth defect that you have it just reinforced that i'm not accepted i'm not loved Mm. but i was a good athlete i could Mm. i was more usually more athletic faster taller stronger than most kids and so that was my end is to at whether recess whether it was with sports teams i'm gonna be the best and i just can't be good because to get in that circle to be accepted to be approved by other people Mm -hmm. i have to accomplish and kind of do different things And, you know, that uh, played its way through through a host of different things as I was growing up. But even as I became a Christian, you know, my freshman year of college, then I found myself, you know, in taking a Christian form of different things. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I knew I was accepted to Christ, I learned very quickly coming into a certain Christian group. Okay, here are the practices I need to do. Here's here's how good I need to perform. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get affirmed by these people I value in the Christian community too. And- Mike,
1: I, I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but uh, so I had been loosely tied to a church growing up. They would invite me to VBS and youth camps, and, and I'd usually make a profession of faith and want to turn my life around uh, at each of them. <laughs> but uh, it it wasn't until my, I don't remember, that was junior or sophomore year, probably sophomore year, no, it's probably junior year. Yeah, um, but I I just I, I was trying to go get a date with a girl who went to that church, and um, so I went to church that Sunday, and my parents were like, "I'm going to land the plane." It relates to three, but um, I'm not trying to tell my high school dating uh, <laughs> history. But it didn't work out, and but I sat there in the church service, and uh, Jesus showed up, and like. The scales fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. right? Um, I mean, I just quoted that. Like, that That's was one of my good. favorite songs <laughs> oh, awesome. Can It Be. Here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so I go out to my car. I take out my Metallica Master of Puppets cassette tape. Um, and this is my Here's, sinner's your prayer. Your
0: three-part came out shining.
1: This is my sinner's prayer. God... I'm going to be the best you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, but I mean I totally took <sighs> I mean you know there's all kinds of meaning that go into that like I really wanted this this is my new self now. Yeah. But it, it was taking this performance mentality into Christianity now that Absolutely. Uh, where even cre- our faith can actually be a symptom of our performance heart. And with heart that, what
0: things. I'd love to hear in kind of relation to the heart triad with that is, Mike, tell us what it's like when you see those aha moments of, oh, I'm going to get praise or accolades or um, be admired if I take on this image. What is it like when you have that aha moment and you then you're Inner world goes. Oh well, then I need to move that other image to the side, or my authentic self to the side, or my emotions are going to get in the way, so I can get to that place. What it, what does that feel like internally to shut off emotions and your identity?
2: Yeah, I uh, it's <clears throat> so when I'm struggling, it's funny because I, I want I feel like I've been seeing it in two ways, and one way I actually wanted to ask you about, but the first way um, I've, I've seen it is I literally just inwardly think, okay. Let's shut this down and then just go accomplish this or do this. Like mm-hmm. you can do this. Of course you're going to do this. Like this. And you know, it's it, going it, to feel it's really good.
1: Strong of a pivot. It's like, okay, done. This is what's. Yeah. Ready.
2: Yeah. There have just been times where I yeah. felt, you know, uh, whether it's, I'm going to be exposed or whether, you know, um, these people are going to say this about me or whatever. I can just inwardly like, okay, it's time to take that box, close it, set it on the shelf and you know, you just got to get to work and go mm-hmm. do this thing. And, um, and you know, in those times, I think I feel, I feel inwardly clouded a lot is mm. the way I describe it is that my thoughts are, I feel a sense of hurry. So, if, you know, I was still yeah. Tracy um, and even my staff team, if I feel like I'm talking faster or if I feel like I'm in a hurry, it's because inwardly, I'm feeling as like something's happening where I'm feeling shamed or I'm gonna be exposed, and so I'm just trying to accomplish something to like suppress mm-hmm. those feelings, <laughs> so like the box is like popping open that I've tried to set aside um but mm-hmm. that's usually what's happening for me is that I feel super clouded um just even in my thinking and um speaking, but the other way I've seen it uh, read more recently pop up is. Um, I've been accessing that almost like when I need to for motivation. So mm-hmm. I set it aside and I'm like, okay, well, they're gonna say this about me, but I don't know if it's like the athlete in me or it's mm-hmm. like they're gonna say this about me. So let's get that and I'm gonna go prove them wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. gonna go like So it's a
0: motivator. It's a it's a
2: motivator. Yeah. And then I'm mm-hmm. gonna rub it in their face and they're gonna say <laughs> this <laughs> and this about me.
0: <laughs> and so <I> love that. <laughs> it's so funny as you guys are talking because um it'll be interesting with with because i don't have as much like because we use all nine types i don't have as much four but obviously mm-hmm. when um megan was talking about the one and the three those are connected to me and my guys are talking i'm like oh my gosh like the i was just thinking when you were like i'm in a hurry when we're at the airport
1: oh man <laughs> she is like zippy like I'm I'm, I don't like, even know why you're like you're even, almost running.
0: I am like I don't even <laughs> I'm like we have just we have got to go. And and like I'm a night nice, so I'm kind of a slow, like, you know, meandering kind of person usually. But when I'm in the airport, it is like I leave my family behind. It's like we are going. She
1: will sprint to the gate and then we get there and it's like, Well, what, so what much were fun. you gonna hurry yeah. for? And then we have like an hour and a half, you
0: know. It's <laughs> but, hurry up to but wait. wait. But when you're when you're talking about that, Mike, I'm like, I totally know what you're talking about. Now, that's not who I am all the time, you know, because three is not, you know, my primary type. But when you were saying, I was like, yes, I know that part. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it comes up and sometimes I don't even know what it's afraid of. What is it running towards? And why is it running away from something? Usually mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't want to miss the plane, you know, of course, then my six is yeah. probably showing up going, well, here's all the things that could go wrong. And the three like, well, I gotcha. Let's go, you know, yep. um, yeah. But just as you're talking, I'm like, yes, I know what that part is. I can, I can feel it. So I'm hoping that the the listeners can realize that though we're talking to a two, three, and four, how do these parts, if they show up very much, how do they show up in your life? So I just kind of want to highlight yeah. that real quick. Well,
1: and it, just to speak to the gift of the three to be able to pivot.
0: Yes, it's and, amazing.
1: I mean, I don't. I mean, compartmentalize has negative connotations to it. But I'm assuming, Megan, like whenever you're going down a shame spiral and you've got to kind of get yourself together to re-engage, that three part of you learning how to overcome the tsunami of emotions and just move forward actually is a gift. And Lee, I'm assuming for you that people associated you with the three from what you said earlier, that mm-hmm. it's a strong part of you that helps you to get organized despite what you may be feeling to be able to move forward in your calling. yeah, would, absolutely. Would Either Megan or Leah, would you get, like to comment on that?
3: Yeah, definitely. So that example I gave of Saturday, there was like, I was going on the shame. I shouldn't have, should have. And it was actually, I didn't think about it in this way, but I think it was the three wing. I realized I had to make a decision, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Cause I don't know what they say. Cause we twos care a lot. I think mm-hmm. a lot of feeling tried cares a lot about what people think and so I finally I like made a time because I was about to be in analysis paralysis and I had to be like Megan what would you do if you weren't afraid and yeah. so I think that in some way was maybe the three being like hey it's okay like you know mm. you can do it. we gotta we gotta keep moving forward so that yeah yes. that's I think an example of how the three was like hey we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it afraid it's probably okay
4: mm.
3: yeah I yeah. love that Let's go. and
1: Leah what about you
4: yeah, absolutely. I was actually just thinking, um, when I first learned the Enneagram, it was at um, the church where I was on staff. We went through the Enneagram and I was misdiagnosed disdiagnosed when we say mistyped. <laughs> as a <three>. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a Freudian slip, let's
1: be honest. <laughs> you have always known <laughs> there was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh,
4: man. Anyway, why pastor our senior pastor said that's why i hired her she's gonna get this job done and i was starting a study center with another staff member and so like my ability to get things done my ability to accomplish things it's like up on my strengths finder um and so um that's really strong i mean but i do the yeah. the most the shift emotionally um it's been interesting and i'll go into that um has i've actually think i showed up as a self press for for a Mm. long time Mm. um and that has kind of shifted so i think i really did know how to show up and um and do what needed to be done especially if somebody gives me a goal i can meet that goal like i i know what i need to do and i can i can get there if i have to establish the goal myself it's a little bit more tricky
1: yeah yeah hey mike um and as it relates to emotions so, we developing emotional intelligence, learning how to name uh, and address what we're feeling. Uh, everybody has it, but for a three, does it do you ever m- sort of misapply emotional intelligence where it becomes much more like you're accomplished in your ability to name your emotions? Like, man, I yes. am the best at emotional intelligence. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely. But- I mean, it's funny, even the thought of healing, I thought about this a little bit, that I think of healing as a path like this. It's just, mm-hmm. its well, that's what it means to heal, as you've well, learned. Is that, I mean, that's injured. pretty much your,
0: oh. everything in life, right? It has to. Right. And, oh. and for those who are listening, he is showing a upward trajectory, like on a graph, you know, like we yeah. are that moving awesome. towards 100% success.
2: I'm right um, so actually talking to the pastor of our our care um here and he was just talking about you know walking through challenges with people and particularly in our family as as we walk through ministry struggles and he said Mike you want to run but are you willing to just walk with your mm-hmm. family uh she means to walk and i thought
1: mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> And so well, I mean that's like, um, yeah, well, like, like well, me hey, in the airport. You know what? Running's good for your body, so maybe you should all be running.
0: But, <laughs> but it's kinda of like either oh. like like Mike and I in the airport, where right? are like taking off, leaving right. our family behind and not realizing it, but also thinking there's a good reason for it. Like, well, we don't want to be right. miss the plane or we don't want to miss the goal or the image or whatever it is. Um and so what was that what was that like to reflect on that question? Like what came up for you?
2: I think it was a sense of um, Mm -hmm. vulnerability. I probably is the best word of like, I think I'm running because it just to, to be, to walk or to wait or to feel any of these emotions feels vulnerable to me. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, like, I just want to shut that off and perform because that's how ultimately I think I'm going to be accepted. But it's, but it's interesting because, you know, if we think about even the gospel and what Christ has done and how it's worked in my own life is that, Like just to face it, like, you know, Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. Like, I think Mm -hmm. just like the reality of facing, you know, my failures, but not only that, just facing the shame and guilt and realizing that I have the resources of the gospel and that I'm united to Christ, like that, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think even as a leader and follower of Jesus, that Mm -hmm. what I've, and this has probably been one of the biggest points of growth over the next last few years for me is that not running from that, but sitting in that and realizing, okay, like, but I'm still loved and accepted in Christ. And then that actually propels me outward. Instead of then, I'm propelled through the strength of Christ rather than my own strength. So then I don't over-function as a leader and I'm much more secure. I feel like <clears throat> that would probably be the biggest word that I think my family and those on my staff team would say is that, you know, as I've walked through some of these things, I've, I'm just a more secure leader. I'm not like it's operating on
1: all that. We talked about this with Megan earlier that when she's feeling the most insecure, sometimes it comes across as more confidence. And for threes, I think everybody just assumes like they're confident, they're secure in who they are, and mm-hmm. they can run. When in reality, um, and I think you know my good friend Travis in St. Louis, but mm-hmm. we saw a guy running – uh, on the highway next to the seminary, oh, that's right. or, he wasn't on the highway. He was on a service road. And, and then like just a second later, a cop car drives by, uh, with its lights on. And Travis says, you know what? We admire those who are running, but we never ask, what are they running from? Hmm. And, and yeah. it, it, when hearing you say like, you know, at times it, it feels like, yeah, I'll, I'll portray confidence, but inwardly I'm actually very afraid. And, and just one last thing, and we'll go to type four, you know, Mike, your, your willingness to engage in your heart mm-hmm. has been a gift to our son yeah. as you shepherded him from experiencing spiritual harm and still having a desire to serve Christ within ministry and then mentoring him for a year. Like I, I. You know, as a father, I want to be all things for my kids, and the and and I never can be, but the Lord has put men like yourself in Nate's life that have had significant um, uh, blessings in his life for healing, yeah. and so I. I'm just grateful for the work that you've done. It it has mattered. So if if you need another trophy, the McCord family is a trophy on your shelf Mm. about doing the work and blessing our children and helping them Mm. uh, along the way in their own stories. I think that's what's so
0: awesome about when we – because the Enneagram often, when we start learning it or reading it, and when we're not in a good place in our heart, we just – See everything that's negative about ourselves in highlight, right? And and it's just like blaring at us, and then we get into those shame cycles or criticism cycles. Um, but a lot of times we miss the beautiful side of our type. And I remember when we were first learning about the Enneagram, I would. There was one book that talked about all the different nine levels of health, and I looked at the the healthiest levels, and I'm like. <laughs> that's not even close to where I'm at. And, but I was like, wait a second, but that's still who God created me to be and how to reflect him. So I'm just going to take the time to pray these things over myself and knowing that God will work those in me in his due time. It was
1: very interesting. Beth would walk through the house, uh, People listen to my voice. <laughs> I, I matter to people. <laughs> I'm like, well, sure, Beth. Like she didn't do that. Like,
0: I'm embarrassed just you even say that. I'm like, I would never do such a thing. Um, my voice matters. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I think it's important that we all recognize when God has worked in and through us that it is not – About ourselves, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and fixing ourselves. It's about us surrendering, depending on Him and the work Christ has done in and through us um, now and moving forward. And uh, Mike, that's truly what, because I know we could sit here and we could say, kudos, Mike, good job, you know. Um, But ultimately, I think what we're saying is we've seen you as a three humble yourself, recognizing your need for the cross. And your need to be authentic and real, and that you're safe in that, which gives you this, the, gives other people security and safety in you. And so, anyway, I just hope that other threes will will hear that as well. Ready yeah. to for type four?
1: Ready for type four. All I right. mean, is Leah ready for type four? I don't know. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> it's
1: getting pretty personal here, Beth. This is, a...
0: yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. Well, yeah, so fours, you know, being in the heart triad, um, they have no feelings. No, No, I mean, it's the complete opposite. Fours (laughs) feel all of their feelings and then some, um, the highs and the lows and everything in between. Um, And they're constantly searching for depth, intensity, beauty, um, whatever's authentic and real. Um, is really where they want to go. Now, for them, they struggle with the feeling of shame. And this is where they feel that others aren't able to see who their most authentic self is, that they have a special quality about them and that they are misunderstood. And being misunderstood is really hard on them because it feels like they don't belong, um, that they are somehow an outsider. And they And in order to get others to see the significance of what they offer the world and in something creative, unique. And it's not creative. Like we're not talking about like always being an artist and a painter. It's unique in whatever uh, field or passion you have. Um, Well, our
1: lead pastor in Illinois, Mm -hmm. his was sermons. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it was his, the pastoral counseling that Mm -hmm. he offered people was his biggest expression. of
0: Who he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His unique value, his creative um ability to see people in a in a different way. So for the fours again they have all of these emotions and um and you know I always talk talk about how fours it's like you know the the lottery machine with all the ping pong balls in it. Mm-hmm. Well they have all of these emotions inside. They're very aware of what these emotions are. And if you would love to know those emotions like hey what are you feeling right now? Um, they're kind of wondering, do you really want to know, like, are you going to take the time to really listen and understand me? Or are you just, is this just kind of platitudes? Because for the four, they can see all of these ping pong balls in there that have emotions and they can take one at a time and nuance it and talk about it and share with it. But they want to know that you're going to receive it, that, that they have a place that they can belong and be cherished and their, um, that they can captivate, The audience with beautiful beauty and depth. Um, But the emotion of shame can well up because they feel as if they're defective and flawed, that there's something wrong, that others can't understand them. And that really sets them on a trajectory of going more inward into their emotions and into these kind of fantasy worlds or emotions that aren't actually happening. And they think that that's reality. Um, versus being able to sit with what actually is happening. And so they may then project those fantasy emotions onto other people, thinking that that is what they feel, which then can heap more shame and more withdrawal. Um, So, Leo, how does this land on you? We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms Cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenigramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenigramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions. And there's eight of them. plus, you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today
4: That's a lot. I mean, I just having you explain it, it's like the weight of all of that. I feel it on my chest right now. like mm-hmm. um if I were to try to like describe that on a regular basis to how things are going, like Um, it just feels very heavy. Um, it's not always very heavy, but, um, there are times where that shame spiral, um, becomes the only thing that I can see. And that's when it's really scary. Um, Mm -hmm. and so my thoughts, um, I, I, think depth is a word i've used and overused i actually was writing a book and someone reviewed the manuscript and they're like you can't use the word deeply anymore (laughs) (laughs) or deep deep. like (laughs) you
0: seem to cut that out and i was like i didn't even realize i was doing that right Mm -hmm. um well and that's what's interesting real quick is that each Uh type has its own lexicon uh, their own words they use a lot so fours use depth and beauty and authenticity and uniqueness yeah. and what, what i say about that and i would sorry i cut you off but You're so fine. the fours will say they're intellectual the fives would say that they um, are intelligent and the sixes would say they're smart and mm-hmm. they all kind of mean the same thing but each of those words has a more specific meaning that feels true for how they view the world mm-hmm. and so depth and beauty and longing really captures a lot of the four is that true Oh, absolutely, absolutely longing is a word that
4: um I resonate with constantly. Like I'm always thinking there's something missing um or like things are not quite the way I want it to be or that it should be. So I'm looking for um like it's it's good for pulling out like the redemptive qualities and things or mm-hmm. like we're gonna we're gonna move forward from where we are. But if I can't find that, then I start to believe that nothing is going well or can go well. And mm-hmm. um, and most often that is has to do with myself and like who I am and seeing that something's missing in me. Um, I really re- related to Brene Brown's um, description or definition of shame as being there's something wrong with me mm. uh, because that that's what resonates. That's exactly how... Um, that's how I felt for a very long time. And I can go there pretty quickly if I'm struggling.
0: And then do you find yourself moving out in the world when that happens or retreating inward? And what what's the typical pattern? I definitely withdraw. Um, I will stop trying to put myself
4: forward um, if I'm struggling and if that shame is, is there. So um, it's a growth step for me to move forward, to put myself out in the world. And really, I've learned that like my body, I need to engage my gut. I need to engage my body physically in order to move emotionally forward. So yeah. whether that's exercise or I learned from KJ Ramsey, um, tapping or, you know, some sort of something that gets me out of my head and out of my heart so that I can process it at a, at a different level, um, mm-hmm. because otherwise I will just sit sit in my head with the same thoughts going on and on, over and over again. If I'm struggling,
1: yeah. it's funny you say that. Lee. I was watching a TV series yesterday, and this guy was in a mirror. He was upset because he had failed or had been betrayed, and he was contemptuous for himself for allowing the betrayal to happen. Mm-hmm. But he started slapping himself in the face, and I thought, you know, there's another way to engage in your body, like get. That... <laughs> You can <laughs> gently tap huh, on your forehead. You could go on a walk. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm there, there is walked. something mm-hmm. physiological that, can, that needs to happen in mm-hmm. order to help us kind of get out of these patterns mm-hmm. of thinking and feeling.
4: Yeah. I'm oh. so grateful that God has given us these bodies to be able to move forward in that way. Even yeah. if it's just cold water or something, stepping outside changing the environment like these things can shift me emotionally yeah, we
1: saw well. a TikTok. beth sent it to me because i think she assumes that i'm always anxious it's an assumption mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. um that's supposed to be a joke uh because i typically am. i don't even know what i'm anxious about yet but i'm sure i am
0: you, well, or you're anxious that you're not anxious yes
1: oh no that'll <laughs> <freak> no. <you. laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Uh, but it was like this guy was saying like hey if you're ever overwhelmed with anxiety Put your face in a bowl of ice water mm-hmm. and it, it'll just knock you out of it. I no, yeah. It is ice water, so why not? Well, but, but it
0: also what it does like physiologically.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right.
0: It kind of, and it's, it's, I think that's what people, when they talk about grounding or, mm-hmm. you know, like even meditating, like whether it's on scripture or prayer or, you know, lots of different things that it, it takes you out of that spiral, that, um, shame cycle or, uh, what is it? Analysis paralysis or Mm rudimentary. Um, and it gets you out of that and you can then kind of choose a different path of of going. Right. Now, Leah,
1: how did your family relate to your emotions
4: growing up? Yeah. Uh, I would say they didn't always understand. Um, I don't necessarily know that they knew what to do with my tears. Um, so I learned to take them into private. Um, and so oftentimes, especially my teenage years, so maybe I shouldn't say the whole time, but like as a teenager, I would take that into my bedroom and alone um, uh-huh. quite a lot. And um, so they didn't actually even really know because like, I really ended up dealing with depression, and they didn't know how how hard I was experiencing it at that time.
1: What types were your parents?
4: Type one and type five.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: So my mom's a one, and my dad's a five. <laughs> Both yeah. very logical they types. May not very have logical. Logic. The yeah, yeah, buy. exactly. And so. Um, Yeah, it's just, like, not the world they live in. Um, What would have been helpful
1: to hear from them?
4: I think it would have been really helpful to know that even if I'm having feelings like I belong and Mm -hmm. um, it's okay Mm -hmm. to cry. um, Mm -hmm. Because I didn't quite receive that. Um, Actually, I did not receive that. So (laughs) just having emotions
1: felt like it excluded you.
4: Yeah, yeah. It just, they didn't know what to do with it. I'm the oldest of five girls as well so I saw their overwhelm I think with that and their parents were sick and um and so I I kind of removed myself eventually too just kind of was like all right, so right. this isn't this isn't helpful and I don't want to add something else to their so I moved to the like the two in stress and
1: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
4: definitely just pulled myself away too, so even so. for
1: yourself though you had messages you were believing about that my emotions are not helpful to the right. family
4: right yes wow.
3: yeah
1: yeah
4: yeah and I really well, resonate with I am too much not enough like that flux is mm-hmm. um that that statement Beth that you give is really helpful in just helping me even identify what am I experiencing right now that's difficult like am I feeling like I'm being too much or or do I feel like I'm not enough like be, that helps ground me as well just yeah. no, to Leah, do you
1: read people and around that idea that oh, they just gave me that this look, so they must think I'm too much. Or they yeah. just gave me this look. And even before the situation even happens.
4: Yeah, I will anticipate things going wrong. Um, or, you know, people not accepting me. Um, but then also in the moments, I take it very personally, a look or something, if I'm really struggling. Um, I work to, to not do that. Yeah. But, that can be an issue so uh
0: as we kind of wrap this up you know we Mm -hmm. kind of talked about different ways that the gospel has really helped us to get out of these states and how we were created to reflect christ and so the great thing about fours is you guys are the bodybuilders of emotions meaning you you can handle a, a wide range of emotions you're not afraid of it Um, You move towards it, you know, so when people are struggling and sorrow and grief or even have highs, like you're able to engage in that. You're not afraid to go there, um, which is really beautiful. And at the same time, what we've noticed is those highs and lows, like you were just talking about, can be too much Um, because a lot of times when fours are feeling they don't belong or they're flawed, they will try to project a unique image that hopefully others will then be like, oh my gosh, that's you know beautiful and like the word here, captivating, and then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you get me. Um, but I would love to focus in on with the with emotions and how amazingly God has equipped you to be in emotions. What it also looked like for Christ to be in emotions. So for mm-hmm. fours, because we're humans, and mm-hmm. you know we're on this side of heaven those emotions, again, can be either genuine and true and helpful to others, or they can be self-focused and temperamental and overwhelming. Whereas Christ is our great representative of what it's like to deal with emotions. And I think the Garden of Gethsemane is such a great place to see how emotions are wonderful. They're beautiful. They like He had so many emotions and so much stress that he was sweating blood. And so yeah. he didn't shy away from it. He entered it fully. He could have been like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. But mm-hmm. he not only did he enter the emotions, but he exhibited the highest quality of four, which is equanimity. So we're not saying Jesus mm-hmm. is a four, but he just he showed emotional balance. So that what that means is we're not getting rid of emotions. Right. We're embracing the emotions, but we're not allowing it to control us. Mm-hmm. And that is what how christ represented emotions so well can you tell us like what it's been like to move into that healthier place Mm -hmm. to still feel emotions but it not um take hold of you
4: yeah i spent a long time feeling like my emotions were controlling me and when i learned the concept of equanimity it felt very freeing like i can actually experience the end of the emotion so rather than like I'm learning to to experience my emotion and learn from it and go, what is it trying to tell me here? What am I, what's the message I'm hearing? Really taking through aware. Like I learned a different process before learning aware with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but really well, taking pretty awesome. Your, so it, I don't know if you like very <laughs> it's very helpful. I can use it. Yeah, <laughs> but just this what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's the story I'm telling myself? And listening to my emotion, because that will tell me what's going on rather than believing that what my emotion is telling me is the truth about my situation. So the emotion, if I'm feeling like everything's going wrong and um, I'm believing people don't love me, well, maybe I'm stressed about something that happened specifically. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can explore that a little bit with some curiosity and and see if it's actually true and usually i can find some sort of pattern that mm-hmm. um that i've i've known over time that oh that's what's happening i was triggered because i felt like um i felt like i really screwed something up with work or um my husband looked at me and probably didn't see me the way i wanted him to and so now i think he doesn't love me well really he does so mm-hmm. like just letting just letting myself um process it and and get to the end of it and um not being afraid of it has been i think a gift in my relationships and just being able to be there with other people i i say being able to sit with people in their hard emotions is like a superpower for me because yeah. i'm i really am not i would prefer to spend some more time in your harder emotions than to hear how everything's going really well in your life yeah. and um that that is a better experience for me. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just think,
0: you know, just thank you so much, guys, for just being here, showing up, um, being like real with your struggles, but also where God shines, you know, brightly through you and how it blesses others. Um, And I hope that, you know, our listeners have been able to really gain a better understanding of the heart triad and how you guys have similar uh, strengths around your feelings, but also the liabilities that come with it. Um, And how shame pops up and your desire to be seen in a very specific light. Um, So hopefully this series has been really enlightening for people. Well, tell us where people can find you guys as Enneagram coaches, um, because there might be specific types out there that are like, oh, my goodness, I would love to work with uh, them um, as a coach. So Megan, let's start with you as the type two. Uh, Where can people find you?
3: Yes. So I am in the YAC Network Coaches Directory, so you can find me there. And then you can also find me um, really most places. So Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Instagram at Megan Jackson. My name's there. M-E-G-A-N Jackson 444 is my handle.
0: 444.
3: All right. Um, And
0: just for, we'll probably say this again, but for the directory, for all of our coaches, certified coaches um, that are in there, it's my EnneagramCoach.com and then you would just search for their name. So again, it's My Enneagram Coach is where the um, coaches Directory is. All right, Mike, what about you?
2: Yeah, so you can find me in the YUC uh, coaches Directory as well. Um, and then uh, we have a website C O S C L dot org where you could get in contact with me as well through that.
1: Yeah. Mike, I, I was I was a little surprised whenever earlier you mentioned that you didn't have any social media accounts. <laughs> is that part well, of the threeness?
0: No. <laughs> I, I, that's actually very common for threes and fours. Well that's
1: why I'm asking. Is it is that? No. it it was I is there that. it did you just never get into it or was that sort of an intentional
2: I have have LinkedIn and I have Facebook, but they didn't uh, serve the purposes I needed. So I just got rid of them. (laughs) So I I only tap them when I need them, when I need to find somebody.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, and so it's Mike Parrott, P-A-R-R-E-T-T. And you can look him up in the directory as well at my enneagramcoach.com. All right, Leah, what about you? I am also in the YEC network directory,
4: and you can also find me at my new substack, which is leaeverson.substack.com. Uh, I just started a new newsletter there. Or you can find me on Instagram at compassionate underscore Enneagram. And my my substack is also called Compassionate Enneagram, if
0: you searched for that. That's great. Oh, love that. Well, thank you guys again so much for not just coming today but really sharing with us your your heart your feelings your emotions and everything that goes into it
1: you guys are a gift thank you so much